Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. everyone and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie and I am your host and this episode is coming at you just a little bit late um, and I'm losing my voice. I've been doing a lot of podcasting lately, uh, not not so much obviously for this show but for other shows that I'm working on and that requires me to do quite a bit of talking and as a result I have lost my voice um, or I'm losing it. Uh, I seem to have it a little bit more than I did earlier today. So, uh, yeah, I apologize for that. I also apologize for late episodes. I'm just going to let you know, January for me is just going to be incredibly busy. Like, I have training I have to do for work. Like, I have to go into training tomorrow, and I have to go into training on Monday, which is a holiday. And uh, tomorrow is like 7 to 4.30, and on uh, Monday, it's like 7 to 7. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm very thankful to be able to go to this training, um, but it it's a little bit of a commitment in terms of time and away from the family. On top of all that other stuff, I just got, um, I don't want to bore you, but I just got so many things going on between work, family, home, kids, school. It's just, it's very, and, and my other side projects, it's very hard to pull everything together on time. So I apologize that I'm not doing that for you, but I do have, I do have a silver lining in all of that. So this week was equal parts great and awful, but there is a silver lining here. And this episode was entirely put together by this show's community, by the Kilowatt community, by the EV community. It started off with Jamie sending me an article about Tesla and the unions in the Nordic countries, their battle back and forth. And there was some good context that I didn't have before. So Jamie sent me this article. It went right in the show notes. Great article. And then Darwin sent me an article, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this later, about Hertz uh, selling off some of their EV fleet. And then Michael sent me an article on a Tesla fire that we're going to talk about. 
And then I had a conversation with Allison and Steve Sheridan. As you know, Allison and Steve were at CES this year, and they were so kind to get us some content. And I had a couple of phone conversations with them this week. The last conversation I had with them, they said, you know, how much of this do you want? And I said, I will take anything that you're willing to give me because I am overwhelmed and I am just having a really hard time putting shows together. So whatever you think our audience would be interested in, I will take it and I will appreciate it. And they sent over three different clips that we're going to highlight in this show. And we'll talk about that when we get to that point. But not only did they do that, Allison reached out to our mutual friend, Chris Ashley. If you remember, Chris uh, was one of the first people to get an F-150 Lightning in the U.S. And Chris has been on national news. He's been, I think it was in The Verge. And with that national attention, he's been able to tell his story in an honest and authentic way, but also share his story about what it's like to own an EV, what what are the great things about an EV, and what are some of the things that need to improve about uh, owning an EV. And I mentioned this on a couple of episodes ago. I mentioned that Chris recently went down to North Carolina to pick up a trailer that was uh, chronicled on his show, the SMR Podcast, with Rob Dunwood and Rod Simmons, all of which who have been on the show by the way, Chris has been on the show. We talked to him the night he got his F-150 Lightning. Rob was on the show for our Thanksgiving extravaganza. And Rod, uh, if you remember a couple of years ago, came on the show and talked about how he pushes the limits when it comes to EV charging. Anyway, I'm telling you all of that so I can tell you this. Allison reached out to Chris and I'm paraphrasing because I wasn't a part of the conversation. Also, Allison's way more articulate than I am. But I would imagine she she reached out to Chris and's like, "Hey, Bodhi needs help. Uh, he's he's really busy right now. Do you mind if he uses the F one fifty Lightning towing story in his show?" And Chris was like, "Absolutely," because Chris is a great guy. And on top of that, from that, from Allison reaching out to Chris, I was able to. Uh, reach out to Chris myself and and tell him thank you. And then I just found out what's been going on in his life because I haven't really spoken with him in a couple of months. So all positive things, all positive things. So I'm going to take a moment to thank the people who helped put this show together. Michael, thank you so much for sending me the article on the Tesla fire. Darwin, thanks so much for cluing me in on Hertz selling some of its EV fleet off. And Jamie, thank you very much for the update and the additional context for the ongoing story of Tesla versus Nordic unions. And thank you to Allison and Steve Sheridan for providing me with content and not only providing me with content, but but making it so that I can kind of catch up and get some space by reaching out to Mr. Chris Ashley and you'll get to hear his harrowing story of going down to North Carolina from Maryland, picking up a trailer and driving it back. It was such a good episode. So thank you to all of you. I really appreciate each and every one of you. And even more than that, there even, you know, nobody knows what's going on in anybody else's life, you know. But I've received so much positivity in the last couple of weeks just by telling people I'm busy. <laughs> 
And most of it's good. Some of it's bad, but most of it is really good. I've received so much positivity and, and, um, encouragement from this community. And I really just want to say thank you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, I've talked for seven minutes and I probably didn't need to. Uh, but I really do appreciate everybody who supports this show. And I'm not even talking about financially, although that's great. I do appreciate that. I'm talking about the people who write in. I don't usually um, talk about our private conversations on the show unless I ask you. But there are so many times that somebody will write in and be like, have you thought about this? Or what do you think about this? Or, or whatever it is. Like you give me more context. You make me into a more, um, well-rounded podcast host based on your feedback. And really that means more than the financial support. There are people who are, you're, you're all just very supportive. Is That's really what I'm getting at. I'm going way too long and just groaning on and on and on. But uh, if you think you're one of these people that is uh, that I'm talking about, because there's way too many to mention, you probably are. So just assume you are. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Jamie's story. So this story is specifically about Tesla and IF Metal, which is the union that covers mechanics in Sweden. So we're not going to talk so much about the the you know, disagreements between Tesla and the union, we're going to talk a little bit more about the labor market in Sweden. So I've mentioned this before, but nearly 90% of the workforce in Sweden is covered by some type of collective bargaining agreement. Not every worker in Sweden is part of a union, but some of those collective bargaining agreements kind of carry over into non-union workplaces. 
So here's some of the new information that we learned from the article that Jamie shared. There is no statutory minimum wage in Sweden, and the government takes a very hands-off approach when it comes to employees, working time, employment security, pensions, and any other benefit that's related to working in a specific industry. So again, instead of the government regulating this, they said, no, we're going to take a hands-off approach. You, the business, and you, the organization work representing the worker, you decide what's fair, and we'll back you up and make sure that everybody's following these agreements. From the outside, it appears as if the unions and the employers are happy with this arrangement. It allows unions to bargain for better wages and working conditions, which also includes, you know, things like pensions and health care and stuff like that. But it also allows uh, employers to be a little bit more flexible and cater to their particular sectors rather than being held to a particular labor law that maybe doesn't apply to what they're doing in business, but they still have to comply with that law. Maybe it's easier to think about it like this. If the government of Sweden passed a labor law about workers who work in uh, laundries, for instance, like let's just say commercial laundry uh, businesses, but instead of saying, hey, this law only applies to these workers over here, it applies to all of the workers in Sweden. Well, that one particular law might be well-meaning for the laundry workers, but it may not be great for everybody else in the labor force, including the businesses and the unions. So based on the Guardian article that Jamie sent over, the uh, author said that there may be unforeseen consequences for Tesla opting out of this system, this way that they do business in Sweden. And I agree with that. They went into some of the unforeseen consequences. And honestly, uh, because they're unforeseen consequences, and I gen genuinely know nothing about uh, the labor practices in Sweden or much of anything about Sweden for that matter. I'm not going to venture down the unforeseen consequences road because I just don't know what they would be. And honestly, it, it may not be true. Um, in terms of the politicians in Sweden, I've already mentioned that they don't want to get involved in labor, labor disputes. The prime minister and employment minister of Sweden have said that they're not going to interfere with the Tesla standoff. So only time will tell where this you know, ends up going long term. I know that this particular issue, unions in general, is a hot button issue for people who listen to this show. And honestly, send me all your emails. Uh, you know where I stand on it. It doesn't bother me if you have a different opinion about it. Um, and I, I, some of you have suggested that maybe I talk about it a little bit less, but I do think it's important. You know, uh, Elon went into China and he talked about how great the labor force is in China. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Chinese workers are hard workers and they do a good job. The labor laws in China are a little bit different. And if, you know, let's say Tesla had a factory in Sweden, they would not be able to get away with some of the labor practices that happen in China, just period. They just wouldn't be able to do it. And if you're going to take advantage of those looser labor laws or 
wouldn't even say looser labor laws, but you're going to take advantage of those labor conditions in China. When you go into a pro-union country like Sweden, then you need to play ball the way that Sweden plays ball. That's not to say that you can't do things a little bit differently. You would think that the way Sweden does things in terms of you, you the uh, business negotiates with the employee or the the representatives for employees, the union, and then you you have an agreement. You're you know Elon's constantly talking about how much he hates government interference and regulation. Well, here's an opportunity for Tesla to come in and work with a group of people and come up with a solution that works for both parties. And whether or not Tesla thinks that that's a good idea or Elon specifically thinks that's a good idea is really neither here nor there. They need to adhere to the labor norms of that market. And if they if they if they're not going to my opinion is one of the great things about unions is you will get sympathy strikes from other unions. That's where labor gets its power or one of the places labor gets its power. So otherwise I think it would be a little lopsided, but I am getting preachy. So I'm going to move on with the last little part of this story. And this isn't something that was included in the article that Jamie sent. This is just something that's related. Uh, Tesla recently raised uh, wages for gigafactory workers here in the United States. And the article that I read, which I think was an electric article, they said it was because of pressure from the UAW, United Auto Workers Unions, because uh, the UAW wants to unionize Tesla. And that might be true. Um, you know, Tesla says, oh, look how much money you get. And you're not even union. You don't have to pay union dues. You don't have to adhere to all that uh, pesky union stuff, union rules. You don't have to do that. And we still pay you really well. They may have done it, but they also may have raised salaries to stay competitive with other automakers here in the United States. Like this summer, the UAW did get union workers a raise and then some other non-union automakers raised pay to stay competitive. And Tesla just might be raising pay to stay competitive. Also, I'd be interested if anybody knows this is do labor unions in Sweden act in a similar way that labor unions here in the United States do? I, I would I would imagine there's some differences and I'd be interested to know what those differences are. All right, let's move on to Darwin's recommendation. Darwin sent in the article that Hertz Rental Car is selling off some of its EV fleet. And these are mostly Model 3s and Model Ys, although I did look through and I saw some Nissan Leafs and BMW i3s and Chevy Bolts, but mostly it's the Model 3 and the Model Y. Hertz, over the last couple of years, bought 100,000 EVs. Some of those uh, purchases were done when prices were really high. So keep that in mind for later. It does look like if you go to their website, which is hertzcarsales.com. Let me check that real quick. Yeah, it's hertzcarsales.com. If you go to that website, you can, you know, look at all the cars that they have available. There's a specific section for electric vehicles. It does look like if you take part in, you know, you buy one of these cars, you could potentially get a partial tax credit here in the United States for buying a used EV. There's a lot of things that qualify on that. There are little qualifiers. 
Uh, so do your due diligence on whether you qualify or not. I took a look at the site and I found a 2023 Model 3 with about 20,000 miles on it and it cost just under $30,000. Not too bad. That's a base price, but still 20,000 miles isn't that much. Uh, $30,000 is a pretty good price for that. The lowest Model 3 that I saw uh, was a Model 3 Standard Range Plus 2021, and it had uh, 103,000 miles on it. That was $20,000. I also found a 2022 Model Y Long Range, 80,000 miles on it for $33,555. Now, some of you might be asking, why? Why are they selling these vehicles? Well, that's a very, very good question. One of the reasons that Hertz gave was that uh, they were renting some of these cars out to Uber drivers, and the Uber drivers were being were very hard on them, and the repair cost was actually quite high. Now, I don't know if it's specifically Uber drivers that are causing this damage. I've been with people who have rented cars, and they are they some of them are not nice to them. I'm always nice to my rental car, but some of them treat them pretty poorly. So uh, that could be part of the problem is the repairs themselves. Some of these cars have really high miles. I mentioned one of the Model 3s had 103,000 miles. At some point in time, Hertz is just going to kind of move those out of the fleet. And then some of them are just older. Like uh, I think the oldest Model 3 I saw was 2021. I don't think there was any 2020s in there. And some of these cars just get aged out. I don't know exactly how long rental car companies will keep their cars, but um, I'm sure some of these cars have just hit their limit. Now, the the thing is with this is they're not planning on replacing these 20,000 cars with additional EVs. They're actually going to uh, buy ICE cars, internal combustion engines, to replace these 20,000. Now, I don't know if that's going to be for the entire Hertz fleet or if it's just, you know, just for this 20,000. Hertz did say that people weren't renting as many EVs as they thought they would. So they made a business decision to go ahead and just sell these cars off. So we'll see what happens in the next couple of years with Hertz. I have noticed that Hertz isn't the only car company with EVs. There's there's quite a bit. I'm a fan of budget and the last time I traveled, I had an option to upgrade to an EV. At that time, it was quite a bit more expensive to rent the EV, and I was only driving it like 30 miles total the entire time I had it. So I went and saved a little bit of money with the ICE car. But if you're looking for an affordable EV, HertzCarsales.com. All right, let's move on to our final article this week, and that is Michael. Michael sent this article of a vehicle fire that happened at the Lindhurst, excuse me, Lindenhurst Marina in New Jersey. I'll make sure to link to the article in the show notes. So what happened here was the Lindenhurst Fire Department was dispatched to the Lindenhurst Marina for a vehicle fire on 110 or 111, January 10th or January 11th, around 1241 in the morning. The vehicle turned out to be a Tesla. Shocker. Um, the fire ended up damaging a nearby 2016 Chevy Tahoe 
and one of the buildings. And the interesting thing about this fire, or at least what I found was interesting, is the car was completely burnt down to the frame. There was almost nothing left. And you can see a uh, you see a video of the car, and there's just so little left. So Michael asked me for my take on this. Here it goes. And again, I want to be very clear. This is total speculation. This is based on my experience as a firefighter. I could be 100% wrong, and I'm okay with that. I am just telling you from what I read in the article, what I saw in the video, my take on it. I just want to make this very clear because if you happen to work for this fire department, you're like, and you email me, and you're like, you're 100% wrong. That's great. I don't mind being wrong. Give me the the real story. All right. Here we go. Uh, based on the time of day that the phone call was, the 911 call was placed, which was 12.41 a.m., I'm going to guess there wasn't a lot of people hanging around the marina. I don't know for sure. It's cold outside. It's January in New Jersey. Probably not a place you want to be hanging out, especially with all the winter storms happening. Um, so I'm going to guess that this fire had been burning for quite a while before someone called 911. And the reason why I say that is the exposure, the building that was damaged, it took quite a bit of heat. I don't, I don't know exactly how much heat it took. The picture wasn't great, but it definitely looked like it had uh, taken some radiant heat from the fire of the Tesla. I also don't know how far away the Tesla was. If it was up close, maybe it makes more sense in a short amount of time. If it was a little bit further away, and as we know, electric vehicle fires can be spectacular when they catch on fire. Um, there, it looked like it, it looked like the building had taken a lot of heat. And then we have the 2016 Tahoe, which took some damage. So normally when firefighters arrive on scene and let's say we have the Tesla fire, which is threatening a structure, we're definitely going to put water on the Tesla and try to put it out or at least control it so that it doesn't damage the, the structure further. But we're also going to create what we call a water curtain that will protect the uh, structure. So we'll spray water either in between the fire and the exposure we want to protect because that water will actually absorb the heat and protect the exposure. Sometimes we'll spray the exposure itself, so the side of the building, so that the water is on there and wet, although that has a tendency to um, evaporate over time because of the radiant heat. So uh, there are times when we'll put like a, we'll add an encapsulating agent or some of you might call it foam. It's called now called an encapsulating agent. We'll add an encapsulating agent to the water and that creates these little bubbles, which creates a more of a surface tension, which actually will these little bubbles will actually hang on or attach itself to the the building and it doesn't evaporate as quickly as just regular water. And it absorbs that heat even better than um, what just regular water would do. And based on the fact that the car was completely burnt down to the frame, I'm going to guess firefighters got there um, well into the fire uh, happening. And it may be that the firefighters were like, we're not going to put that out. That is a common thing now for firefighters uh 
fighting these fires, they, they have to make a determination. Is it worth trying to put this thing out and then dealing with the rekindles or the reignitions that happen or could happen uh, for the next you know week or so? Is that worth it or not? Um, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. It all kind of just depends on on the specific scenario. Um, we only have so many resources. We only have so many firefighters in a particular area, so many fire trucks. If we're on scene and babysitting an electric fire that uh, electric car that caught on fire, I should say, that takes a unit out of service for however long uh, we need to be out of service to deem it as safe. If we let the car burn, uh, then when the car has burned up all of the things that it's going to burn, then we can just, you know, we move on and we don't tie up resources also in a lot of different places. And I would imagine a Marina isn't one of these places, but in a lot of different places you need to have, um, like a, a supply of water. It takes a tremendous amount of water to put out an EV fire. If you don't have a hydrant or some source of water nearby, then, you know, you're kind of stuck in terms of you can put, you know, however much water you have on your truck, but then after that, it's going to burn anyway. So there's a lot of different factors that go into this. I'm just going to say that I would imagine a marina in New Jersey does have working fire hydrants, although it is cold outside. Uh, Normally in colder climates, you can you can have a dead hydrant. It doesn't happen very often, but you can have a dead hydrant because it's cold. Um, that that wouldn't be a concern that I would have in in this situation. Um, but yeah, hopefully that's kind of helpful. The I would highly suggest reading the article and kind of going from there. But. Yeah, I, 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 uh, this was good. This was a good episode. I feel so much better now that I've recorded this episode. I want to say thank you to Jamie and Darwin and Michael and Allison and Steve and Mr. Chris Ashley. I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for being supportive. I do, I did say, that we were going to have Allison and Steve segments on this episode, but we're already at 30 minutes. Uh, I think we'll save that for Tuesday. So Tuesday will be all Allison and all Steve when, and Friday will be all Chris Ashley and the gentleman at the SMR podcast. Uh, I didn't, I honestly thought this would take about six minutes total. I didn't realize I was going to blab so much. So I apologize, uh, and I hope you. I hope everybody who listens to this show and your families nothing but the best. And I will talk to you on Tuesday. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.